great future. We're talking real money. On today's radio show, which uh, aired on Saturday and will become a podcast on Monday, Tom and I were spending a little time talking about the horrible investing advice that exists out there. And we were primarily referring to those who get paid to provide investing advice, like investment advisors and insurance agents and stockbrokers. But we should have also mentioned the folks who write articles online. Most of those are truly terrible. And it's funny, so many of them are written by people who have little or no experience in the financial advice business, who haven't been in it very long or just don't really have any experience. They're writers, but they're not advice providers. And they don't go out and try to get the opinions of people in the industry, which makes them, if they don't have the basic knowledge, uh, not very good information. You either should get a source or know what you're talking about. And I was just doing a little research online, and I bumped into an article at Investopedia, which is sort of a place for decent information on the basics of investing. And this was an article that kind of fit right in with the topic. It's called The Best and Worst Investing Advice. And I thought, oh, my gosh, great. I get to read about some bad investing advice. But that's not what I found. The very first bit of advice that this woman discusses She calls it advice to reconsider, which is her way of saying bad advice. The very first thing she says is advice you should reconsider is diversify. She says diversification has long been held up as a way to protect your portfolio. The theory holds that when some investments lose value, others will gain. For example, Investing in emerging markets in small-cap stocks instead of just blue chips is touted as a way to protect your portfolio. A global recession can override that theory. Excuse me? When you talk about diversification, you're not just talking about stocks. You're talking about stocks and fixed income and real estate and small-cap value and small-cap growth and large-cap value and large-cap growth and international. And yes, every once in a while, a global recession will cause the value of your portfolio to decline. But if you had done any research, you would have discovered over the past 90 years, 90 years, that a globally diversified portfolio half stocks, and half bonds. If you look back over the past 40 years, because we don't have the information going back to the 20s for a globally diversified portfolio, but you go back 40 years, a diversified global equity and high-quality intermediate-term bond portfolio has never, 50-50, 50% stocks, 50% bonds, globally diversified stocks, U.S. bonds, that portfolio has never lost money over a five-year period. Never lost money over a five-year period. Bonds, they have. The S&P 500, that gets lost money over a 10-year period. But proper diversification is 
brilliant advice that far too few follow, and it works. It works. It has worked for decades, and it only makes sense that it will work going forward. I mean, think about right now. Emerging markets have done poorly for the past 10 years. Lately, they've been doing really well. Small cap stocks doing really, really well lately. You want to be in both places. If you were just in blue chip stocks, sure, you would have done badly for a decade. But that's not what she's saying. She's saying that if you just own a diverse portfolio of stocks, you'll do badly. And yeah, you would have had a five-year period where you did lose money, but it wasn't dramatic. Then as far as there's one other little chestnut that she tries to debunk, but she just doesn't get it. She says you shouldn't buy term and invest the rest. She says, quote, whole life insurance policies have been panned for decades. Critics cite the low rate of return they provide and highlight how investing in the stock market can provide significantly greater gains. While it is true that whole life policies pay low rates of interest, any positive rate of return beats a negative 39% delivered by the average bear market. That's not true again. The average bear market is not a 39% number unless you're defining it by some wacky system that I'm not aware of. And what she neglects to mention is that the vast majority of the time, whole life insurance policies are sold by commissioned salespeople. We just looked at an example of a whole life, a single premium upfront whole life policy that at the end of the first year, was worth, if the person tried to get out, $4,900. And it only guaranteed a 2% rate of return. And the person getting it didn't even need a life insurance policy. That's the other thing that needs to be mentioned. A lot of people who have life insurance don't need life insurance. You only need life insurance if you have someone who is dependent upon you for an income should you no longer be here. If you don't have anybody who's dependent upon you, then why should they win your death lottery? Pretty much this is terrible advice. I looked this woman up. She's not an investment advisor. She has no investing experience whatsoever. She's a freelance author, uh, a writer, and she says she has a passion for financial journalism. Why these publications let her write for them, unless she's doing it for free, is beyond me. I mean, she lives over in Indonesia. I, I, I did. I looked her up and there was a picture of her. She's a gorgeous young woman. But that doesn't make you qualified to give advice. Um, and it's bad. It's really pretty darn bad advice. If you need what we consider to be good advice, give us a call at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, or send a question in at TalkingRealMoney.com. Now, that doesn't mean we're always going to be right, but I can tell you that the answers that we provide are based on decades of academic research by lots of brilliant people, including a number of Nobel Prize winners. They are based on, well, in, in my personal case, they are based on almost 40 years of experience in the financial services and financial broadcasting industry. So I may not always be right, but I'm always going to be trying to look out for your best interests and give you the best information possible. You can 
send in questions at TalkingRealMoney.com. You can record questions at TalkingRealMoney.com. And since this is the weekend edition, we're just going to do one question and then call it an evening. The subject of this one, 403B transfer to an IRA. I wrote a year or so ago asking if I should transfer my 403B to an IRA held at TD Ameritrade. Since most of the investments I would use were Vanguard funds, you suggested that I go directly through Vanguard. Well, this is what happened. Here in Hawaii, our 403B is administered only through insurance companies which use annuities. Shame on you, Hawaii. I find that shocking. You've been taken in by the insurance crooks again, haven't you? They, they buy you some nice golf tournaments. They, they take you out to dinner. Now, before I go on, uh, I would suggest the correspondent talk to the administrators of the plan and see if there is a way to petition in something else like Vanguard or Fidelity or Schwab or whomever. He goes on to say, it's a good thing I checked because there was a significant $16,000 surrender charge if I had moved it. Not only that, but the choice of funds have high fees. Of course they do. They don't care about you. They care about their buddies who are selling the plans. The surrender charge will disappear in 2023. Two things. One, in recent podcasts, people have brought up the issues with Vanguard's customer service. Yeah, they have. Hmm. With that in mind, should I use a brokerage like Ameritrade so I can move money to different families of funds if I need to? The reason I keep mentioning Ameritrade is that I already have a Roth IRA with them and thought it would be simpler to have all my funds in one place. Yeah, I agree. Go to Ameritrade. They're a good company, and now they're Schwab. So you're going to be fine. Uh, two, the funds in my 403B currently have high fees. I don't foresee needing to touch the money until I have to at 72. Is there a point that paying the surrender fee is worth the lower fee funds I can use in an IRA? Yes. The answer is a qualified yes. But you have to sit down and do the math. You really do. What would it cost you? What, what will it cost you to stay with these things until the surrender charge goes away? Versus what will the cost be in the funds or the ETFs that you choose to go with? One of the things you might consider, since you're using an Ameritrade brokerage account, is to use either Vanguard or Fidelity ETFs so that you don't have transaction fees because you know they eat up a little of your money and the and the, the costs are very low with the ETF. So get your global diversification, get it in really cheap ETFs. You can use funds, but just try to avoid paying transaction fees, which is hard to do because the really cheap funds tend to have transaction fees because that's the only way the firm makes money. So I come back to ETFs again. Uh, but yeah, I would certainly do the math on that. Or if you want us to help you, you know, get in touch with one of our advisors. They'll help you run the numbers. And we don't charge anything for that. We don't try to sell you anything either. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea to get out of this 403B. I think it's, uh, and again, if the surrender is, is less than your fees would be, staying. But, man, I'm disappointed in whomever it is in Hawaii who chose 
to use annuities. Annuities are horrible inside retirement plans. They're not great outside of them because of their fees and expenses, but inside of them, they're redundant and redundant, which is a new word I just made up. They're really dumb. And I'm really, really, really fed up with the insurance industry. I want to say this again. We said it in today's show. I want to say it again. If an investment is coming from an insurance agent or has an insurance component, you need to run 99.999% of the time. Yes, there are some estate planning purposes for which these might make sense, but otherwise, they are good for the salesperson, not good for the client. As I mentioned, if you have a more complex problem or you're trying to start an investment plan, a financial plan for the future, you have a hodgepodge portfolio with a little bit of that, this and a lot of that and this other thing and all these little stocks and all this garbage and you go, I don't know what to do with all this. We, we, we always help everyone if they ask. We will help anyone and we will not charge we will charge you to manage your portfolio and manage your financial life long-term. But for a meeting, we're not going to charge. There's no obligation. And you're not going to get a high-pitched sales pitch. Guaranteed. A high. And you're not going to get a high-pressure sales pitch. Guaranteed. So go to Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, or call 800-386-3004 to talk with one of our advisors or set up an appointment. And if you want to call in your questions to the podcast, Go to 855-935-TALK or visit TalkingRealMoney.com and go to the contact form. That's all there is to it. Thanks for listening. Have a great night, great Sunday, great week whenever you listen to this, great whatever, great Thanksgiving. Take good care of yourselves. I'm Don McDonald. Talking Real Money. That the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap. <laughs>